Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast for episode 11. Um, I've had such a good morning this morning, actually, and I was set to record this podcast on Friday, but I found a little bit of time. I must squeeze it in um, and hopefully make it not too long of an episode. I just really want to get into the nitty gritty details. But yeah, I've had a really good day besides the fact that I am so tired and over caffeinated. My puppy Franklin has just been like in a routine of waking up anywhere from like 3.30 to 4.30 a.m. and just barking until we let him out of the laundry. Um because that's where he's been sleeping. We've been like putting him and my other dog Willow in the laundry to sleep. Um, so we get better sleep, but it's kind of backfiring because he's waking up and like basically squealing like a baby to be let out. <laughs> um, and then I have been starting work quite early this week. I started at 5.30 today. So I was up at 4.45 and yeah, I'm like three shots of coffee deep before lunchtime. But you know what? I'm feeling really good and I'm here to you guys ready to talk to you about all things love. Um, And when I say love, I am going to skew today's podcast a little bit more toward relationships. But in saying that, everything I'm going to talk about today can be like kind of applied to any relationship ever. So you can really, really apply that to um, relationships with friends and family children and so forth. Like it just doesn't really matter. But as I said, it is going to be a little bit more skewed towards, um, couple relationships. So what I'm actually going to talk about today in terms of love is actually, um, how to have a more open and flowy relationship and how to really move through conflict and find a way to have a discussion and not an argument so that you can have, I guess, a more light, bright and loving relationship rather than, you know, a lot of arguments and things that are derived from one of one of the partners being triggered and so forth. So it's really about how you can move through a relationship more positively by learning to not tune into your ego so much and actually really tune into what you really do value, I guess first thing I sort of want to talk about today is actually love languages. And I've spoken about love languages a few times, whether it be on this podcast, on my Instagram story and so forth. But basically love languages comes from a book who was written by a guy called Gary Chapman and it was called the five love languages. And it's basically about the five ways in which we can express or show or receive love, um, or the ways we experience love with our partner, um, which are called love languages. So the five love languages that you can, I guess, give or receive are words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, physical touch, and quality time. So if you guys are interested, you can like just Google the five love languages and there's a website and you can do a quiz because sometimes when I ask people what love language they think they are, they're like, oh, well, quality time. But when they do the actual quiz, they realize that they were something entirely different to what they thought they were, such as gifts, because 
People often think, well, I'm not materialistic, so gifts isn't my love language, but it's not about being materialistic or wanting things. Gifts, for example, is a way you show love by saying, hey, when I wasn't even with you today and I was somewhere entirely different, I saw something and it completely reminded me of you and I wanted to show you I was thinking about you even when I wasn't with you, right? It's just not about the actual material possession. It's about the experience and the way you show that you love, but it's just that gifts is the way that you do that, for example. So I think taking the quiz can be, you know, quite, quite beneficial, but it's really cool when you think about it, like actually, yeah, that these are all different ways in which we can show our partner that we love them words of affirmation. So we can actually use our words to verbalize that we love them or that we're proud of them or what they mean to us gifts. So as I just said, I kind of covered that one showing someone that even when you're not together, you were thinking about them and you wanted to buy them something, no matter how big or small, that would lighten their, kind of like lighten their day a little bit. Acts of service is about um, performing actions which can help, I guess, either lighten the load or just make the other person happy. So whether it's like they forgot their lunch, so you go out of their way to drop them off lunch at work or you buy them a coffee even on your way to work or you um you wash your partner's car like when they didn't even weren't even thinking about it so it's just all these little ways in that you can fix things or do things and so forth physical touch is pretty uh self-explanatory so you show love through hand holding or kissing or cuddling or intimacy and so forth and then the fifth one is actually quality time so making sure that when you are spending time together you're not just scrolling mindlessly on your phone you're actually spending really quality time actually connecting with your partner so the reason I think that the love languages are so amazing and I feel like they really really change the dynamic of my relationship as I said is because generally we we all have our own love language and the way we express love is generally the way we like to receive it or the way we feel most love. So to give you a little bit of an, a personal example for you guys to have an understanding of, my love language is words of affirmation. So I feel loved when people verbalize how they're actually feeling about me. So if my partner says I love you or he says I'm really proud of you or he sends me a little text saying I miss you or something like that when I receive things like that I generally do feel quite loved interestingly though I don't actually think I've ever spoken about this to anyone because it's very very recent I would actually say within the last few weeks but within my glow program the love languages is something we talk about quite a lot and I'm actually starting to realize that I think that my love language is actually changing a little bit um, for the first time in like years. So you guys can hear this from me first on my podcast, but um, literally I actually haven't even talked to my partner about this. So you guys are like literally the first to hear this. I actually think my love language is sort of shifting a little bit to quality time which is really, really fascinating because I've always, always, always been a words of affirmation is my primary love language. Um, so that's quite interesting. I might actually take the quiz again because I haven't taken it for like five years. So I think it would be really cool to take it again and see if it has changed or if I just maybe feel like it has. But anyway, let's just stick with what my previous love language was and still kind of is, which is words of affirmation. So my partner, on the other hand, his love language is acts of service. So 
This just goes to show how, as I said, we generally give love the way we like to receive it, right? We speak love in our language. So if you and your partner have two different love languages and ways in which you express or show love to one each other, uh, to one another, then it just shows that sometimes when you think that they don't love you or they're not showing you enough, you're just not looking for the right signs. So it's like that saying, um, just because somebody doesn't love you the way you want them to, it doesn't mean that they don't. And it's like sometimes that you think that people aren't, you know, showing up and they're not giving you enough attention, not showing that they love you in actual fact, like they're going above and beyond to show you that they love you without even having to try. It's just that they're showing you in a way that you don't really speak. So for example, my partner might not, you know, say that he, you know, he may not send me a text every single day saying, I miss you. I love you, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, he could be doing acts of service for me. So without me realizing it, he could be cleaning my car or he could be paying a bill that came in before I even saw it come in. Or, you know, he's going out of his way to do things that make my day easier. And on the other hand, my, my partner might, you know, I might be saying, I love you and all things like this. And he's like, that's nice. Like, of course, everyone likes hearing that, but it's not the way he really, really deeply connects to love. So my partner, for example, would feel really, really loved if he came home and he realized that I'd ironed all his shirts or I'd cooked him dinner or something like that. Like he would feel really, really loved if I was to do things for him that was to show, hey, like I really love and appreciate you and I want to make your day a little bit better by things that I can do for you. So if I was to never do things for him and if he was to never say that he loves me, we would be in a relationship where we are feeling quite disconnected and unloved from each other. So the beauty of the love languages is that you can find what your love language is and you can find what your partner's love language is. And the goal should be that your partner should try to speak more your language and you should try to speak more your partner's language. So with us and within our relationship, although it may not come super natural to ask, he will generally text me being like, I hope you have a really good day today, or I hope you're having an awesome morning. I love you. Miss you today. Can't wait to see you tonight. Things like that. He may say things like that. I, on the other hand, may make sure that I iron Oscar shirts, not because, you know, not because I'm a female and I should iron his shirts, but by him coming home and having, you know, really nice shirts hung up, he's going to feel like, oh my gosh, like Jesse really, really thought about me here and he's going to feel love. I'm going to make sure that I cook dinner, that we've got some of his favorite foods in the pantry. You know, I'm going to show up as it at his office with a smoothie for him unexpected. You know, I'm going to make sure that I try to do those things, even though I'm like, they're really, I'm like, well, they're really, really nice, but they're not the be on the end all for me. I've got to know that that is his love language. And so it's my opportunity to show up and speak his language for him because he's doing the same for me. And that way we make sure that we are feeling really, really loved by each other all of the time. I truly think that you should speak all five languages. It's just about how natural they come to you and how often and when you should use all of like when you should use each, I guess, but you should make an, make an opportunity to make sure that all five are being met. So ask yourself out of the five love languages, where am I perhaps not showing up as best as I should be? 
Or how can I make my partner feel more loved right now? So if you are constantly telling your partner that you love them, but you never want to hold their hand in public or something like that, or you never get them a thoughtful gift, that's not optimizing your relationship and your connectedness to one another. If you are for the majority of the time, um, you always hold their hand in public and things like that, but you never tell them that you appreciate them. Well, that's not optimizing your love and connectedness to each other. So ask yourself, how can I find more ways to express love through the love languages to my partner? Do I need to verbalize it through words of affirmation? Can I buy them a thoughtful gift? Is there an act of service that I can do? Should I show more physical touch or physical affection or should I be spending more quality time? So if you're on your phone a lot when when you're on your partner, maybe make it a rule that you kind of cut back the time. You don't use your phone or you don't scroll on social media when you're in bed together or something like that. Really asking yourself, what are the five love languages? Where am I really showing up for my partner? Is the way in which I'm showing up their language? So are they feeling, are they receiving the love that I'm trying to express? And how else can I show them that I love them? And this is really, really a way to increase the intimacy and the love and the connectedness between you two so that you are, because it's one thing to give love, but it's another thing to actually feel it being received. So there's no point just giving and giving and giving if it's not even, your partner's not even, you know, noticing that as a way to say, I love you. And this is so, rings so true because for a lot of people, um, for example, if their love language is gifts, they will often buy their partner lots of presents. And if that's not your love language, you're like, you can't just buy me things and think that I love you. But in actual fact, it's not about the thing. It's about the language, right? So just making sure that you and your partner actually communicate to each other what things make you feel loved like what is it that I can do for you or what can I say that makes you know that I really really love and appreciate you and do value you the next thing I kind of want to talk about is like conflict resolution and how to change from having arguments to having discussions I would say that my partner and I I would borderline say never argue like I, I really, really wouldn't use the word argue. I would say that we have discussions and even that it's not very common. Like we, you know, I am quite grateful that we generally are really on the same page. We have a lot of similar views, values, ways of thinking. We're both quite level-headed. We, when we met, we were both very, very stubborn. I'll be totally honest about that. But that's something we had a discussion about, about the fact that we were both quite stubborn, which was causing, I guess, um, a block between conflict resolution. So we both worked on that stubbornness and, and we're both not overly stubborn anymore. So I am grateful for that. But if we do have something that we disagree on, we really, really try to make sure that we have a discussion and not an argument. And I think if you can get a deeper understanding of this, then it can really help you have just a more loving and flowing and open um, relationship with such better communication, which at the end of the day can actually resolve conflict. So I want to give you an example of why I, you know, use different words and the difference between argument and discussion. So for example, a definition of an argument is an exchange of diverging or opposite views, typically a heated or angry one right? There's like no outcome to that. There's no resolution. The definition of a discussion is an action or process of talking about something in order to reach a decision or to exchange ideas. So one of them actually is like 
you both talking about ideas or points of view to reach a discussion or mutual decision and so forth. And an argument is literally just like an exchange of opposing views with like no particular outcome or resolution. So that's why I think it's really important to say, well, how do I move from having arguments to having discussions with my partner? And I think the number one thing, like literally the foundation of this is going to be letting go of your ego because often arguments stem from someone's ego being triggered about something. It triggers an insecurity. It triggers a fear. It triggers, um, it triggers the ego in some way that it rejects and it feels so vulnerable that it almost rejects the idea and you almost try to protect yourself by, I guess, arguing, right? Like you just don't want to be wrong. Your ego doesn't want to be wrong. Your ego doesn't want to be weak. It doesn't want to be vulnerable. It doesn't want to be triggered. It doesn't want to feel insecure. It doesn't want to feel fear. It doesn't want to feel all of these negative feelings. And so it argues as a way to protect itself from all of these emotions that it doesn't want to feel. So one thing I would really say is, and a question I often ask if I, if I do come to, I guess, a point of crossing from a discussion to an argument or conflict is I say, how would a version of me who had no ego feel about this? So I basically ask myself, if I wasn't afraid to be wrong, if I wasn't afraid to be insecure, or if I wasn't afraid to let go of fear or vulnerability, how would I feel then? And a way that you can assist to getting that point is to saying, what do I get if I win? And often at the end of the day, when you ask yourself that question, what do I get if I win? Well, not a lot, really. Like, what what are you actually achieving? Are you achieving a feeling of significance? Like, because is that then just going to make your partner feel shit about themselves? And then in turn, if your partner is feeling shit, do you actually feel good? Probably freaking not. Like, so if you win an argument, you actually both lose because then your partner feels shit, then you feel shit, then you both feel disconnected and then you haven't come to a resolution. So you lose. Like, what do I get if I win? Well, I actually lose. What do you get if you come with vulnerability and openness and love and a willingness to communicate without a need to win an endpoint? Well, you get a conversation where your partner is willing to be open and they're willing to let their walls down. And you can really talk about how you feel in such an open and authentic way that you're so much more likely to get to an end point where there is a resolution. And if you can get to that end point where there is a resolution, or even if there's not, you've both had this really raw, authentic and open conversation, and you have so much awareness of how the other person is truly feeling and what's truly on their heart or how what you did made them feel, etc. You feel connected and you feel close and that breeds intimacy. So if you go into an argument with ego, you know, leading it and a, and a desire to win, you both end up losing and there's no resolution. If you go into an argument with no ego and are willing to be vulnerable and no desire to win, you both end up creating intimacy together. So understand this, there is nothing that comes from winning an argument and everything comes that comes from having a discussion. One thing that I like to do is, as I said, how would a version of me who had no ego feel about this and what do I get if I win? And that really helps me stay within myself and allow myself to be a little bit more open and vulnerable. 
And then if you do find yourself, you know, judging your partner or feeling anger or feeling any emotions that maybe just aren't nice or aren't necessarily feel uh, like um, valid, I guess, then remind yourself that you always get to choose how you feel in any moment. So a mantra that you can say is I choose how I feel. And I choose again, I choose love. So remind yourself that when you've chosen to feel angry or project things at your partner or they've done the same to you, you both haven't chosen love in that moment. In that moment of argument, there is no love. In a moment of arguing or saying things in a heated conflict, all that's happening is you're feeling fear, you're feeling insecure, you're feeling perhaps judged or insignificant or triggered or whatever it may be. You've chosen fear and you haven't chosen love. Sorry, chosen love. So say to yourself, I, I know I choose, I get to choose how I feel. I choose again and I choose love. So now coming to this with a version of you who doesn't have an ego, who choose to see everything with love, how do you feel now? You probably actually feel okay to say, I'm sorry. You actually probably feel okay to say, look, even though I don't agree, like I can, I I'm really appreciate you being open with me and I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm not sorry for what I did because I didn't mean it, but I'm sorry that I hurt you. And you know, that's just one example, but it's a way that you can both be seen and be heard. And it all stems from just letting go of your fucking ego. Let go of whatever's triggering you and let go of your fear of feeling all of these negative feelings and your fear of being wrong. Like the fear of being wrong is exactly what leads us into an argument with just like no ability to find an end resolution. So the other things that I want to touch base on is almost like preventing a conflict from even coming about. And the ways in which you can do that is one, don't decide how people feel for them because so often our partner can do something and we decide, we decide for them how they felt or why they did that. So, you know, our, our partner doesn't text us for two days and we decide, we decide that, you know, they're not thinking about us or they're doing this or they're X, Y, Z. And when in actual fact, we just have no idea. Like, how do we know what's going on in their mind? Is their mental health okay? Did you even consider that? Like, we're so quick to decide how we feel for them and choose the bad scenario because our ego does that. Our ego is like fearful and on edge. And so it's like, doesn't want to be hurt. And so it looks for danger in things. It doesn't, you know, choose to see things with love first because it doesn't want to be hurt. And so it looks for ways in which it could be. And it scans for that. Like your ego is literally designed to scan for danger and pain. So usually if we don't know why our partner did something, we can make it up. So my advice to you is don't decide how your partner feels and don't decide why they did something. And one way in which you can do this is you can say, what were their intentions? So for example, if your partner missed your anniversary, right? It comes to the next day, he completely missed your one year, two year, three year, five year anniversary. And you feel like shit and you're like, how dare they? How dare they forget our anniversary when like I completely remembered, I feel so insignificant and you're feeling shit and you're about to go into a heated argument being like, you didn't even say happy anniversary. You didn't get me a present. You didn't do X, Y, Z. What were the person's intentions? Do you truly think that your partner's intentions were to make you feel insignificant? And do you truly think that your partner's intentions were to hurt you? 
Or do you think that their intentions were just a little bit unclear and they forgot? And if you were to say, you actually forgot our anniversary and that really hurt me. Were they likely to be like, shit, and are they going to feel awful? right? I don't know. Maybe there's some situations where, you know, the former applies, but I think a lot of the time it's actually the latter that applies in that situation. And when you say that, like, what are their intentions? Well, they, they actually didn't have bad intentions. And then you can come to the conversation knowing the person hasn't intentionally gone out of their way to hurt you or to make you feel shit. And in actual fact, when they realize what they've done, they're probably going to feel quite bad about it. You don't need to come angry and you don't need to make it worse. Come with love and say, look, um, you know, work might be busy at the moment. They might be dealing with grief or trauma or it could be absolutely nothing other than they just forgot. And you know what? Everyone forgets things sometimes. Remind yourself that we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have alarms that don't go off. We all forget things sometimes. We forget birthdays. It's just part of being human humanize your partner because you know what they're here to enhance your life not the be all and end all they're here to live their own life and be happy they're not here to please you all of the time and so if you can understand that your partner is there to enhance your life and be exactly that your partner they are not here to be your server and remember everything all of the time it's like you know what it's all bloody okay. And you can approach the conversation and have a discussion and not an argument because all of a sudden you're like, look, I choose to see this situation with love. I don't need to win an argument. I don't get anything out of it. I don't, if my ego, if there was a version of me without no ego, I wouldn't be feeling insecure about feeling insignificant because my partner didn't remember my anniversary. So all of a sudden you can be like, Hey, look, I know you probably totally got, uh, forgot and you got a lot on your mind. I just want to let you know you forgot our anniversary and the only reason I bring it up is because it did hurt my feelings. I know you probably didn't mean it, but it did hurt my feelings. And so I would really appreciate if next time you put more thought into it, even if you have to set an alarm or put something in your calendar, please don't forget because I really, really appreciate when you remember and make a big deal out of those things, right? How do you think your partner is going to react to that conversation versus if you were to be like, you forgot our anniversary, right? Like that was a really bad angry Jesse. But anyway, you get the point, like the conversation you're going to have in those two scenarios is going to be so entirely different. And so this is where you have the opportunity to have a discussion, which meets a resolution versus just having an argument where neither of you take anything on board or learn from it or change anything. So the last thing I want to say to you is what are your intentions? And are you thinking about your intentions? Because sometimes we really don't want to turn inward and we don't want to accept that we could be doing something wrong and so forth. And I I see this all the time with couples who get really triggered um, and their ego kind of like flares up and they get really triggered by something their partner does. So then they react in the same way. So their partner didn't text them all day. So they're like, well, I'm not going to text my partner. I'm going to wait for them to text me. Like, what does that even get you? Like, do you think you're a partner intentionally meant to hurt your feelings by and play games and not? Probably bloody not. Like, I think that we overthink things all of the time. As I said, we decide why our partners feel a certain way. And and so we decide for them and then our ego gets rejected and it feels insecure and it feels insignificant. And so we want to reject that by playing the same game, but that's it. It's a game and we fall into that trap. And that's not love. That's not connectedness. That's not deep intimacy. And so I guess the reason I'm having this conversation is 
If you are willing, and this is the bottom line, this is the foundation of everything. If you are willing to let go of your ego, if you are willing to let go of the triggers, if you are to willing to stop needing to win, and if you can have a conversation with your partner so that you can both be on the same page, you are going to have such a more open, deep, loving, and intimate relationship with one another where you can actually communicate. That is the bottom line. You communicate as a team, you communicate as individuals, and you can share ideas and thoughts and feelings and emotions in, you know what, potentially uncomfortable ways, but ways in which one, you learn something about each other and two, you find a resolution so that it doesn't happen again. Or if it does, you know how to handle it as a couple. On the alternative, if you want to keep fighting and bickering, just know that you don't learn anything from arguments. You don't learn to change your mistakes. In actual fact, once you have an argument about something, it's only going to trigger you harder next time. So my advice to you is let go of your ego. Come to every situation with a loving lens. So just to recap, love languages, find what your love language is, find what your partner's is and make sure you communicate that and they begin speaking yours and you begin speaking theirs and then ask yourselves, how can I, how can we bring more of all of these love languages into our relationship to increase our connectedness to one another? If you find yourself in an argument, asking yourself the question, how would a version of me who had no ego feel about this? And what do I get if I win? So that you can really see the situation with more of a loving lens on more compassion and more openness and more willing to be vulnerable. Ask yourself the question, what were the person's intentions and what are my intentions? Like, are you trying to think that two wrongs make a right and so forth? Let that go. No more playing games. Don't decide how people feel for them. Ask them how they feel. Don't decide why people did a certain thing. Ask them why they did that. And if you can choose that, if you can say, I choose how I feel and I choose again, I choose love, then you will not be ruled by triggers. You will not be ruled by fear, your ego, your insecurities and your vulnerabilities. You are going to be open and you are going to communicate and you are going to have discussions which lead to resolutions. You are not going to have arguments which circle around. I really, really hope you guys got something out of today's episode. I am like so... One, relationships are one of my favorite topics because like I'm very grateful that my relationship is probably the strongest part of my life and an area that needs it's funny I would say the most work and the least work because it comes so easy but it becomes it comes easy because we work at it all of the time which is a little bit I don't know that's what I mean like it's hard and it's easy because you work at it all the time but then the more you work at it the easier it feels so it's a topic that I'm really passionate about and I just think that there are so many people out there in toxic relationships and they're almost on a hamster wheel of argument after argument because they have no idea how to get off the how to get off the ride so this is my advice to you is one Have a really open and loving conversation with your partner about all of this, about how you can show each other that you love each other and make sure that you are speaking your partner's love language and really make sure that you start having discussions and not arguments. And I I promise you that your relationship will be unrecognizable if you can go from argument to discussion and actually make sure that each time that you do have a discussion, that you meet a resolution and Every single time you're going to learn something about each other and you're going to feel so much more connected and it's only going to deepen and strengthen your relationship together. So 
that's all from me. I hope I didn't ramble on too much and I hope that you actually got some um, tangible things out of this episode that you can take away and actually apply to your relationship. And I'm super keen if any of you do apply these things to your relationship, I'd love you guys to message me, email me or whatever, and tell me how you feel that um, it changed your relationship and whether you did notice a difference and how you're feeling about it. Um, But other than that, that's it from me and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. 